0: We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse.
1: The Fifth column, column, column. Greetings and welcome back to another installment of the Fifth Column podcast. I think this is episode 29. Uh, but I am definitely confident, confident, 100% sure that this is uh, your, your almost weekly... It's weekly! ...rhetorical assault on the news cycle... The people that make it in ourselves—we're more weekly than the New Yorker. Objecting to my description of the show, my somewhat improvised uh, tagline for the show is Matt Welch, editor at large at Reason Magazine. We missed one week. We did in miss more than one a week, half a year, which is which is still that's, almost that's, weekly. That's week. That, uh, almost is quite good. If,
0: if we were in the uh, you know the uh, Directory of American Magazines, uh-huh. which doesn't exist, yeah, or the Association of the Society of Magazine Editors, which does. As me, um, we would be classified as a weekly. The New Yorker comes out 48 times a year uh-huh. is a weekly. They just okay. have some double issues. Well, so I'm just, we, You know, some of those 90-minute shows, uh-huh. I we can call them almost double shows. Well, look, it, you know what? This is a fair
1: conversation to have. Especially look, when- our, our aspiration is certainly to be weekly. But the truth is, dear, dear listeners, fellow seditionists, um, that oftentimes it's hard for us all to get here- um, and today, I am joined by Matt Welch, as I said, but our usual collaborator, Mr. Michael Moynihan, Vice News, and that new HBO show, um, is quite busy this evening and is running late. He's 15 minutes late. So we're starting a little late, but we are still going to provide you with quality programming. We're going to do uh, some Moynihan impersonations. I, I, we were doing that earlier. Mine is not very good. I, I do not understand the man's accent at all.
0: Well, the the problem is the, the idea. Dear, ladies and gentlemen, the joy. <laughs> problem, dear listeners, <laughs> is that when you look at the Stachynovites <laughs> in late 30s Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fire day ran out, yeah, uh, yeah, I
1: don't know well say say something about the Kurds um or, or perhaps save that for for the conversation. um it is a Tuesday evening, I believe I'm not quite sure I've slept about five hours in the last three days because i've been've been busy been working um but uh the final presidential debate takes place tomorrow, and you may well be wondering why, given our uh, propensity to dis- to discuss and lampoon such things, we are recording tonight. As opposed to after that debate, um, and the fact of the matter is, we got things to do. We got other things going <laughs> on, so it's it's hard. Okay, <laughs> we want to we want to give you a podcast. Matt wants it to be weekly, so we're doing it. Now. It is weekly. This is what I'm saying. We're doing. I I am conceding. All right. Okay, fine. Um, still, uh, there are any number of important things for us to discuss. Uh, we will almost certainly foreshadow quite a bit of the debate. That is the plan. Um, and there are some other things going on in the news as well. Um, if we have time, we will talk about the uh, the battle to re reliberate Mosul, um, a, a city in Iraq that has been captured repeatedly and liberated repeatedly. It is Groundhog Day. Uh, Silicon Valley uh, is spending a ton of money on campaigns and election. Uh, and we've got some idiot wrote this. Uh, but before we get there, let us talk about these two uh, embattled politicians who are broiling in scandal and are set to debate one another for the third and final time. Matt, Um, what are you expecting to see at this particular
0: debate? Well, according to the uh, the Twitters just before uh, we started this up, one of the things that we can hopefully expect to see is Bill Clinton's non son <laughs> was being floated. The guy who was like exonerated on DNA evidence by the Drudge Report or in, in 1999 <laughs> is going to be wheeled in uh, Obama's half brother, I think, is the other uh, big uh, play from uh, from Donald Trump that's coming in. Uh, and uh, maybe even one of the Central Park Five is going to come in from uh, Hillary. Team is this Hillary. true? Yeah, really? yeah, this is this is where is this, is this why a thing not have that we have seen before? Have we seen Busey, this? Uh, come in and uh, and uh, talk about his uh, gropies. Uh, no, but it's just at this point um, that is great. I mean the circus antics. I like, I
1: know a lot of people think, oh my god, like what is happening to our democracy? Respect for the institutions of government, the high office. No, look, I mean we've had any number of clown shows masquerading as elections in the past. Like really nasty, despicable arguments and fights. I mean, this is great. This is great. Mix it up a little bit.
0: This is, you've forgotten already and you pilloried it at Uh the time. What did I do? When I said in our episode number seven or Uh something, uh, (laughs) that this election is people bringing the elephant man to a beauty pageant. Yeah. You guys laughed at me. You're like, I I still don't
1: know what that metaphor means. I still don't know.
0: So you have people in the world, uh, Camille, who think we're going back to the elephant man metaphor. And the beauty pageant. I want to know,
1: please. The elephant man beauty. beauty, There, there are people
0: who think beauty pageants are terrible, which they they kind of are. Except that you know, I did uh, date Miss Lakewood uh, in uh, 1986. Where the hell is Lakewood? Lakewood, California, dude. Oh, see. OK, go ahead. Uh, and so they think that these things are terrible. And the way that you uh, that you rub the uh, beauty pageant holders nose in the terribleness of their thing is you bring the elephant man. You bring someone who's awful yeah. there, who's ugly, who's the opposite of what uh, their kind of genteel rules, the rules that they think should govern what is beautiful and what is right. Uh, and so you bring the elephant man and everyone recoils in horror. ah, Just like the elephant man did when he looked in the mirror. And uh, so at that moment, they say, see, this is great. Just like you right now said, see, this is great. Let's get some, you know, world wrestling type of action here yeah. at this. Because you think that the normal practice of democracy, which people treat as, as normal in this country, is actually yes. a horrifying exercise in zero sum power to degrade people's life in the name of pretending uh, to help them and ennoble them. Uh, and that's why democracy sucks.
1: You, I wish you could see me smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of beautiful. Um, um, no, I mean, I, I do think there's a there's a little bit of a masquerading there, uh, pretending that we are doing something that is did always you think, pure I'm and think I'm cutting you off
0: already. Did Go you, for it. Do you think that America needed to soil herself? Do you think that this was an important election to remind us to rip the mask off and see the beast lying within are, we, there's a lot of people and Moynihan and I are probably much more like this mm-hmm. um, uh, to the extent that we allow our uh, uh, cynical burned out souls to care about things um, who are feeling a bit like, you know what? Uh, uh, on the morning after all this, we're going to have a hard time, uh, you know, making up with America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you uh, feel kind of the opposite? Like, ha ha, you bastards still believing in this shit? Well, uh, and, a little bit.
1: And yeah. not and not so much ha ha. I mean, I, I really do think that being disappointed by politicians um, and seeing the ugly and despicable side of politics uh, at a pretty regular interval is one of the inadvertent sort of checks on power that exist. Uh, If the voters can be reminded of the contempt that they ought to fail, feel for these people, they may be slightly less inclined to entrust them with particular responsibilities um, to believe that they always have their best interest at heart and that they can solve all of their problems. And that simply by not looking to those people to solve your problems, you may actually find yourself in a somewhat better situation. So, so yeah, at some, on some level, I do think that it's, it is a good and appropriate thing for us to be reminded of how ugly and despicable it all is uh, from time to time, which, I mean, does sort of remind me of the, the email scandal that Hillary Clinton finds herself um, in right now, and not not merely the deleted emails um, and the the sort of contradictory narrative surrounding them that has emanated from her, where she doesn't know what classifications uh, what the classification coding means, um, but she did she didn't knowingly send any of the emails. Emphasis on the word knowingly uh, from her private server. Um, so not that, but the the Podesta emails and the other private emails, which do seem to show us what most people have already known, um, that, yeah, there's a little bit of duplicitousness there. Um, Yeah, there is some sort of cautious politicking. There is talking out of both sides of your mouth, holding positions that you don't necessarily believe in. Um, uh, I I don't know. I, I don't think most of that stuff shocks or surprises anyone, but it does help to be reminded of it. That all of that being said, um, it is true that our system of government is certainly not as corrupt or corrupt in the same way um, as, say, a a tin pot dictator um, in uh, in Africa um, or the Russian regime uh, with whom we have a lot of tension right now. And and I expect Russia is another thing that will come up in the uh, in the debates a whole lot over the weekend. We actually had. Joe Biden sit down with Meet the Press and they're having this conversation and Joe Biden with a lot of a bra- virado, uh says that at a time of our choosing, the United States will strike back at Russia. We will, be, we will make, our, make ourselves heard at a time of our choosing. Um, and, and the question was asked, "Well, will the American people know when we've been heard? And Joe Biden responds, I hope not. Which uh <laughs> is a little unsettling, somewhat
0: somewhat a a strange answer. there is, I know from uh going on MS NBC with some regularity, there's an entire like cohort of people, maybe even like tens of millions of people in this country mm-hmm. and I'm not making this up, who think that Joe Biden is great. Sure, it's really weird to me. It's always been. It was weird to me in 1986 when he had hair yeah. and when he was nattering on at various like uh, judicial uh, hearings and borking people and that kind of stuff. Like Joe Biden is uh, he's a clown boat. Uh, he's Chuck Schumer, but from Delaware. He's just he's he's intrinsically silly. I mean, look, what you, I'm going to go and meet the press. <laughs> to say that we're going to have a secret attack on Russia, but we're not going to tell you about right. it. The secret, the, secret attack, the secret
1: attack that we're telling you about right now, but we won't tell you when it happens. Um, what what I do find pretty ridiculous here, beyond sort of just the, the amusing circumstance and the questionable uh, choice of words there, um, is the actual substance of what he is suggesting we're going to do. The United States government is preparing to respond. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: I just got here. Oh, my God. Hey. He
1: just burst into the You room. know, what's
0: funny. It's, 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 as soon as we said Russia, yeah. then suddenly you, like he pops knew. up. Can you knew.
2: Can you actually hear the disappointment of the listeners?
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Damn. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, God. I don't know. Just go back
2: to Russia. Politics. I'll
1: just listen. Well, no. We were just talking about Meet the Press.
2: Um, uh, Joe and, uh, Biden. Joe
1: Biden's appearance on Meet the Press this weekend, uh, where he announced the top secret uh, plan, plan to, cyber, to attack? Uh, cyber attack the Russians. Yeah, the, sure. Is, are, are your headphones I'm, at the right My headphones are Feel good. Right.
0: Okay, great. great. Could, Could you I, give me something to drink? We're just we're, doing
1: no, this can't. live. <laughs> no, I can't. Can you um, get his
0: hand off of his...
1: Well, I'm I'm massaging him. It's what he likes. <laughs> it's what he likes. Um, so, yeah, no, we, just talking, we were just talking news. about his uh, his his secret plan to attack. Um, and I was I was just saying that that, you know, obviously what he said is like weird and strange and Joe Biden is 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 awful for any number of reasons and strange and awkward but what is really sort of strange to me is the substance of what is getting ready to happen the United States government is preparing to respond to a cyber hack that has as we understand it is coordinated by the Russian government um and that they are releasing these leaked documents in order to Influenced the election. But in a way, I mean, this is a reprisal for attacking the Democratic candidate. Right. There's at least a world in which that is a description of what's happening. And there is not really a defensive offensive strategy. The only thing you can do is try to hack into Putin's mistress's iCloud account, grab the nude photos of Putin and then what? distribute them on the internet well they cut off uh, julian assange's internet access yeah that, that there's that a, that was the first bit but i mean what yeah. else can you do there, there is Which not really was... an offensive strategy for cybersecurity, not from a national standpoint is there not oh. one that actually keeps our data safer that Ask makes johnny that uh, cia over
2: here i was really surprised that they managed to do that um, because the ecuadorians who um right before i got in the subway to come up here there was a political newsflash that they had acknowledged that they had temporarily suspended his uh, internet access because um, the Ecuador is run by Rafael Correa, which was one of one of the people that were floating um, as as a place that would give Edward Snowden uh, refuge because Correa mm-hmm. is basically like a D-list Hugo Chavez, um, authoritarian socialist. Um, ruining his economy, um, uh, you know, harassing journalists and the rest of it. And, you know, greatly loved by by people who also love Julian Assange. So, I mean, the big surprise there was in the big question is, what did the administration do to put the squeeze on them? And apparently this happened during uh, some summit. I can't remember which one it was. I'll have to look it up. It might have been the FARC negotiations. There was something that where the Americans and Ecuadorians were in the same place. Um, and they said, hey, guys, can you do us a favor? There's a kind of albino guy who looks like uh, Jackie Rogers Jr. And there's a people of a certain age that will remember that Um, uh, living in your embassy. Could you could you not push him out to Sweden, by the way, not just push him out the front door, which he would get arrested the second he walked out, but to cut off his Internet. And they said, yes. So the big mystery here is what on earth? Did the Obama administration threaten to get them to do that because the Ecuadorians are not friends of the United States? Yeah. And, you know, it baffles me. It Bag
0: is. full of cash. I mean, it <laughs> might have been. If you are the most powerful government on Earth, you can move something. But right? what is what is that worth to you? I mean, you have a guy who is in
1: the Ecuadorian embassy thumbing his nose at the United States. But it it's not. It's not clear to me that he has any sort of operational control over what's happening at WikiLeaks. In fact, I suspect he doesn't and is yeah. not tweeting from the handle because you'd be able to track all of that. You know well, exactly he, where he, he is. Uh,
2: uh, Assange tweets from the WikiLeaks thing. Is everything? Saying? I'm saying I don't know that he's even doing that. Uh, he is. He is. He is the person. He's the doing one. It? He's the one who tweets from it. I've. I've. I think I've interacted with him on Twitter. Um, he's a nutcase. I mean, he's a. He's a real weirdo, um, and I. I can't stand him. And I've written about this. Uh, um, Quite a bit. How much? How much? I can't stand Julian Assange, but yeah, to, to your your point about Assange, is that if the Russians are responsible for this, it's a completely stupid uh, thing for the administration to do anyway. If the Russians are responsible for getting this material, Julian Assange is a very, very, very helpful conduit because he has a big audience. But don't pretend that those aren't a million of those uh, out there, and don't pretend that you can't if you. Gave those documents to, you know, Prison Planet or Infowars right. or Breitbart or somebody. There's a million yeah, there's, there's any I mean, number of ways to get this information any out. Any number of ways. And, you know, there's a lot of it and there's a lot of threats. I was with Roger Stone um, on Sunday um, at a conspiracy theory conference. The notorious uh, Roger Stone. Yeah, the notorious Roger Stone, a, a JFK—it was actually at Oswald Conference— uh, in Louisiana and I had a little tiny confection of a piece tonight on the on the show about it. He's, and,
0: his position is that Lyndon Johnson killed, killed JFK. yeah
2: yeah he also told me he has a new book coming out about how the Clintons had JFK Jr murdered uh, and he didn't just crash his plane on the oh, way yeah. to Martha's Vineyard because you know um you know if you look at the cloud pattern data or something I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> I mean about, he's dude.
0: within he's within the 10 most influential advisors to Donald Trump oh easily and by the way you talked to him and there's
2: two, there's two stones. I mean, he's incredibly lucid, and he's funny, and he's charming, super funny, super funny, and he's like, he he's great. He's a great debater. I mean, we did a very very short piece. that was four minutes long tonight, and there's only about, I, I, unfortunately, because of the time turnaround, there's only a little, a few little bites from our interview. But I'm just going to try to get the whole thing out because he's really smart about politics. I mean, he has. A really really sharp brain about how one does this, and he said, "Look, you know, if they if Donald Trump had followed my advice, that's why he quit or was fired last year. I think he was fired. But he's very critical of the campaign, and um, you know, but he's a, he's a very very bright guy. But it was a it's it was a weird conversation because he said." Um, I said, what's coming next? And we have a tiny bit of this in the piece tonight. And he's like, nothing. It wouldn't be a secret if I if I told you. It was like, har, har, har. But what I was trying to get him to say was what he said at his little gathering of freako conspiracy theorists. He started talking about Oswald, which is why he was there. And I don't know if it's because our cameras were there, but he just went in a long political rant. And the one thing that he said, which was interesting, he said, um, you know what? Um, the, the deputy director of the CIA... And the Clinton campaign have accused me of having foreknowledge of the Podesta email leaks. I didn't. I was just lucky when I said this on Twitter. I guessed Podesta's got to watch out. He let something drop in that, which he didn't say when we were taping the interview. And I tweeted about way, way late at night and no one even paid attention to it. He directly threatened in this small little group, David Brock, the right. head of Media Matters. And he said... Media Matters run by the the wannabe uh, Goebbels, because <laughs> you know, because Roger Roger Stone's very subtle. Uh, the one, D- David Brock, you know, they better watch out because at the end of this week, at the beginning of next week, a lot of their um, what is it internal workings will be available to the public. And right out of, and, and I said, geez, I got this is an amazing little. A little bit of information, and then, wow. you, but nobody trusts Stone, so that's kind of a. So we, who knows? Sure. We'll see. And I mean, we've we've even seen
1: that from WikiLeaks, though. Um, promises that we will get some some fresh kept, some fresh uh, piece of information. It, it's going to be a complete and total scandal. Yeah. Uh, and then the drop happens, and it's, it's nothing. Nothing. This is so Stone we, we'll, said
2: they weren't coming. This was not going to come from WikiLe- WikiLeaks. By the the media matter stuff. Ah. I mean, who knows? We'll see if he could be. Bullshitting. I mean, I,
0: bullshitting? these. These weird e- ecosystems. I mean, David Brock, for listeners who aren't of a certain age, he was the right's favorite attack dog. He, yeah. wrote, he wrote The Real Anita Hill, a big yeah. slime job on the woman who accused Clarence Thomas of of uh, sexual harassment. And- Which he's
2: disavowed and actually does have some really interesting investigative reporting. There's actually legitimate in reporting on it, but he – because he's now a hatchet man for the left, he's disavowed all of it. But it's not- and
0: it was during I think it was during the Clinton sex scandals because he, he was associated with American Spectator, yep. uh, which was an amazing publication in the '90s. It was just all yeah. Clinton, you know, airfields yeah. uh, and Vince Foster all the time and yeah. Arkansas troopers. Mena Airport. Mena Airport. Um, yeah. uh, I've, I've 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 swam in, in in some of those bog pits. Um, did you ever uh, Did you ever come across uh, Parker Dozier's bait shop? I did not, but there's an entire story that I could, Google that people. I could hijack this entire podcast, and I might just have to do it someday. Wait, were you a
2: Clinton conspiracy theorist?
0: No, uh, I, <laughs> but there's an entire no. Listen, there's an entire conspiracy that has never been. Um, that has never been fully explored that I am sitting on and have been sitting on for 16 years. And by the way, I just years.
2: want to say in the past 48 hours, but nine people have said this to me, but I was at a Lee Harvey Oswald. conference. <laughs> so, okay.
1: Well, no, I mean that, that felt
2: very tinfoil hat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What can, can you, can you, you reveal? have to, you have to reveal a little something. Uh, it's I, I'll beep it out later. The notion is that I'm it's not, not it's not even, it uh, that ugh, it's hard. Uh, the notion <laughs> is that Al Gore <laughs> lost his home state of Tennessee there by losing the election. Everyone talks about Florida and, and Ralph sure. Nader. Like if Gore wins his home state, State. He wins the election sure. in 2000. He doesn't mm-hmm. win his home state at the last minute because a small internet based newspaper, this goes, this is the theory, we have to start connecting dots, uh, run by a guy who I interviewed at great length and who I believe to be honest and real, a longtime investigative reporter, wrote a series of pieces about this extended kind of Gore family or Gore connection people who were tied up with. Uh, some guy named like Uncle Junior, uh, who was like running meth, and there was a lake, and there were dead bodies, and there were like uh, people in the town, and all this kind of stuff. An investigative piece, and that uh, allegedly, according to to this guy, drove the poll numbers uh, underground in a way that because they weren't being pulled all that much, anyways, and then they lost surprisingly. And then this guy, <laughs> can I can I take a picture <laughs> of Camille's face? Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, uh, no, I'm just I'm wondering but, where we're going here. But this, this guy is... then was sued um, out of existence. Um, by a retributive uh, Gore family. Um, And I went through and re-interviewed all the people that he interviewed. I've got like, I've got 150 hours of tape re-reporting this guy's original story. And it checks out for the most part. So
1: where's the conspiracy theory part of this?
0: um, Simply that uh, there's a cover up of people around the Gore family about Uh, Drug use among extended family members and murders and things like that. And so they covered that up. And then. Uh, as part of it, they punished this guy for uh, for blowing the lid off. Hey, uh, Camille,
2: can you do me a favor? Right, <laughs> right out here, just go out that door there and take a left and see if you can track down Matt's credibility. It just, <laughs> it, just it just
0: ran out of the building. Look, I'm, I'm saying I'm, uh, I, he's, uh, he's just asking questions. It's just, asking questions. just asking questions. Yeah. He's just a steel, asking questions. It just like yeah. melts. Uh, funny, anyways. Well, um, it, it is, I never it, reported that out. So I'm only sharing. Well, no, you've just shared Matt, it here. Matt, if you've I broken say, new ground
2: because I've been in the in the in the fever swamps of the conspiracy. Uh, industry uh, for um, the past couple days. days. Uh, it started, which, by the way, I went to a birthday party for Leo, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> uh, and there was a, was a cake. I've posted this on Instagram. Uh, the cake was amazing. Uh, it's on the show tonight, too. Uh, and uh, it was really funny. There was a woman sitting next to me. And it's really weird because like, there's a Gallup poll that I looked up today. Like 65% of Americans think there was a conspiracy to kill uh, President Kennedy. Uh, and, you know... The well, Al- was, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, was in yeah, on uh, it. Uh, well, <laughs> sure. A conspiracy of one. And by the way, uh, the man most responsible for this... Oliver Stone? Stone? Yeah, his son was at the, the birthday party in uh, Harahan, Louisiana, where the hell I he was. Stone's son or Jim Garrison's Sean, son? Sean Stone, who's yeah. a 9-11 truther and a, and a total crackpot. But, um, and actually, uh, H. Howard Hunt's son was there, too. Yes! All the sons of these people... I mean, you know, H- Hunt was a crackpot of a different... Variety. But it's so funny that when it, there was a cake and all these birthday balloons. And the rest of it. And I sat down next to this woman. I thought they were part of the thing. And they were watching the band that was playing. And she said, I'm sorry, can I ask you a question? See, go ahead. And I thought it was going to be some goofy weirdo that everybody was asking me these weird questions. And she said, what is this for? What is this event for? I said, oh, um, yeah, I don't know how to say this, but it's a birthday party for the man <laughs> who assassinated President Kennedy? And she looked at me and she said, in this hilarious southern accent, she said, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, seriously.
0: And then she was
2: talking to her husband like two seconds later, and I turned my back and I heard her mutter under her breath, you know, I just don't feel comfortable here. And I was yeah. like, you know, I mean, it was... it was." Uh, but, hey, but the, the conspiracy Welcome to America. Thing. The reason you're not a conspiracy theorist, Matt, is because the thing that I, you know, you realize... Is that if you pick any of these conspiracy theorists in the room, and good God, were they bananas? I mean, bah, banana stuff. And you ask them, it's like one guy says, like I am an expert, I am the expert, I've read everything, et cetera. And then, then you ask them about another conspiracy theory, they believe that one too. Sure, they never believe just one. Right. Sure, it's not like oh, I just saw the evidence and like just and oh my God, faking the moon landing? Oh come on. Yeah, such a, I mean, going—they believe
0: all of them. Going back to Roger Stone, who is a person of, of interest in this election, uh, and and uh, potentially in the debate that's happening uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, and which might be the day that many of you listen to this. Um, not only does he believe that that Lyndon Johnson uh, killed or was part of, of the conspiracy to kill JFK, he's written a book that came out this year. That says, among other things, that Chelsea Clinton is not Bill Clinton's daughter. Yeah, it's that, that's Webb, Webster Hubbs. Web, 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 Web Hubble's daughter. Of course, yeah. when when I uh, when I uh, I said that to Manuel, uh, uh, she was like, "Oh, come on!" And I'm like, yeah, "Go look at the picture. Look it up." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah
2: it's, it's, it's always the picture because oh he believes God. he believes that the drudge has been going through oh this thing God. about Bill Clinton's. Half black kid who might uh, be brought yeah, to the which, debate, which we talked a little bit. Yeah, about. well, you know, Stone was the one that that you know I pulled this out of him a little bit. He was the one that brought all the women to the. Oh, he, this was his bold innovation. Yeah, that was his bold.
0: Yeah, innovation. well, I mean, that's well, the th- thing. Th-
1: thank you for that. Yeah, well, thanks well, for. Trump. No, I mean, this is it's kind of beautiful. It's, it's a,
0: The 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 great turning point where we just went from having the most disgraceful election of our lifetimes <laughs> to <Yeah>. like, <laughs> no, we are going to sodomize pigs <laughs> underwater. Totally. Um, uh, it happened after the the Billy Bush tape came out when Trump met with his advisors with with Bannon, from Breitbart and other people, and said, "Fuck it. We're just going for it from now on. That's yeah. it. And that was the next day or, or very soon afterwards when they gave the uh, big speech about the international conspiracy of bankers who are going to go collaborate uh, with Hillary Clinton to destroy to, the sovereignty of just to, to
2: undermine American sovereignty. and global and sovereignty. right uh, uh, yeah, global sovereignty. And it was like that was the full embrace of the conspiracy campaign. And, like, you know, it's no coincidence. And we did a fun um, little but, thing about this today. Began but it the
1: conspiracy campaign.
2: I mean, this, it, this, this it began,
0: in, in fact. When, no, but, yeah, but this, this, mean, is, this is <laughs> Trump saying, I'm, I'm now unshackled. Yeah. I am unshackled. Yeah. Let's go and let's yeah. go for it. Um, So that – from that moment, then we have – the accusers come forward um, uh, at the debate. It becomes Roger Stone's campaign in, yeah. in many ways, and that means Bill Clinton's not son, who's maybe black, <laughs> uh, is gonna is going to show up. It means that we're going yeah, to. Yeah, and he
2: believes that too. By the way, talk to me about that.
0: He we, believes the the, the, kid the Bill Clinton is, son thing. Which, by the way, drudges. Is... Those pictures don't work. I mean, no, they put no, oh they, man, they put the course. guy next to Clinton's face in the same angle, yeah. his, <laughs> the same smile, the same age. It's like nope. No, uh-huh. no, it's
2: like one picture of a guy from the Fat Boys and like another <laughs> picture of like Bill Clinton <sighs> as a young kid. It looks nothing like him. And they're doing this all in photographic evidence, like bad. F- it's, that's it. Like the Web Hubble thing. It's the, the picture with uh, Chelsea Clinton, the uh, Raphael Cruz thing and the oh, yeah. old yeah. picture of Raphael yeah. Rafael Cruz in it's the grassy n- knoll. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of this is the conspiracy election. Yeah.
1: Matt, there's something that you wrote. Um, actually, I don't know if, if you wrote it, but I saw it at Reason. Someone wrote a thing um, about the uh, the topic that has so many uh, journalos like panties in a bunch this week. Um, and it's Trump continuing to talk about the rigged election. Did he? Did he just go Journalo's?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I heard that one before. It's it, it's a it's a combination of Jurno and Juggalo. juggalo. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's the best new did one. Did I coin t- that? Journalos. Yeah, by
2: mistake. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, no, <laughs> I meant to so... say that.
1: I know it's it's this great. Is not the first time I've said. I didn't Camille know Twenty Twenty hashtag. Boom. Oh. You got it. Anyway. Uh, My journal- wife, by the way, she is very very upset about this whole Camille Twenty Twenty business. Really.
2: Yeah, she why, because like you picked Bill all.
1: Weld? She says, you're not allowed to run for anything. Why? Uh, because she believes that all of our secrets, all of our dark secrets will be revealed. You guys are like a the nice hot, couple hot, who started hot, dating in high school. Yeah, that's, I mean, I are you kidding? Can you imagine the, the, the sort the of filth? <laughs> 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 the secrets, the dark secrets well, that we, are hidden there. You like,
2: ever wonder why Camille's apartment is rigged with all those cameras? <laughs> yeah. It's like...
1: Yeah, he's just, Well, the one above so, the toilet is obvious. Yes, yeah, weird. American right. Psycho. I mean, three, someone's going to break. <laughs> in. The Return of Chuck Berry. I'm sorry, I don't um, even know where we go. Oh, the rigged election. Rigged yeah. election. Uh, are you? Are you? Are you gentlemen also concerned about the uh, the degradation of the democratic process that is taking place this year with with Donald Trump, the candidate uh, for the Republican Party, talking
2: about a rigged election openly, questioning who the veracity. Who cares? I mean, I saw this the other day of like, this is the end of the Republic. Have you seen all these articles? Of yes, these people saying it's like, you know what? I think they the started I the... think
1: they started at the beginning of the primaries,
2: but yeah, the, and it was like, you know, he's going to say this, and it's like it's dangerous. You see this yes, uh, it's dangerous. it's it's going to provoke riots and violence. Here's the thing is that you know what the problem with the Republic is at this point. if American voters hear this stuff, believe it and then go and, and riot and, you know, arm themselves, we have bigger problems this than Donald true. Trump saying. It's rigged. It's bullshit that it's rigged. It's so crazy. He's saying like the polling places are rigged. There aren't nobody's been to a polling (laughs) place yet. The guy's out of his mind. He's doing this deliberately. He's actually not out of his mind. He's being very smart about it. And he's saying, let's, you know, kind of undermine the faith in the institutions, which is what the whole campaign is about. The system is broken. It has to be blown up. There's nothing that's surprising. I mean, I think he's wrong about all of this, but there's nothing surprising about it. And to, to say that to people. And to say the integrity of our elections, you know, blah, 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 or you know, you can hack. You can't really hack. But there's I mean, look, I just did a story in Michigan a few weeks ago and a guy at a professor there had a bunch of voting machines. He bought them all on eBay and he got them government surplus and he actually took the cards out of them. And like there was a ton of data on them and they're old like Diebold machines. And he was saying like, yeah, you can hack these things it's make it, or you can make it very difficult sure. and screw up. So that's actually not totally impossible but it's kind of impossible but to bring it up in the like this blustery way to question the process if Donald Trump goes out and says ladies and gentlemen there's an alien attack tomorrow you know everyone freak out you know, go crazy, go to your bunkers, get your guns. If anyone goes and does that, they sh- that's their problem, right? <laughs> to say that there's a big problem with cheating in this election, it's going to be a crooked election. I don't believe that many people will actually believe it. And if they do, so what? They also probably believe that Barack Obama was born in Mozambique. There are people that you cannot help,
0: Right. There's a uh, Je- Jesse Walker wrote a good uh, post about that. What's Jesse were Walker re- referring was, to? John McCain to in the third it. debate in 2008 mm-hmm. said, I'm worried that we're going to see a, the kind of fraud perpetuated at the, on the American people, the likes of which we haven't seen mm-hmm. um, before. Mm-hmm. He said this during the debate. I totally yeah. forgot it. And I wrote a damn book about John McCain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drunk uh, the myth and the asleep uh, again. <laughs> Smoked him out with gusto in that book. Yeah. Um, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 do. Gusto. Glenn Reynolds, right? No, he's like Michael Tomaski. It he was it's like a, some, t- some person who yeah. should never be saying anything nice about me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Said yeah. something nice to, to blurb because it was a, a, an anti-Republican book. Um, I don't but, think
1: you can get credit for citing your own book. Um, for whoever is doing the tallying of the book reference. yeah, that's
2: that's actually a negative ah, one. Yeah. You're the one who brought up the book,
1: though. You get you get the point. Well, I did. You well, no, you brought it up. I just said the name. You of said the name. Yeah. I was so trying to sell
0: the book for you. So yeah. you, can so you
2: lose a point. Camille gains a point. God damn it! I'll take that.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's fine. So what I uh, mean uh, to say about it is that, uh, yeah, I mean, in addition to that, I mean, I, I got a, a, an email just today, which you get periodically a push email, probably from Rolling Stone, because Greg Palast, that oh, joyless my. hat fedora wearing douchebag. This has been a really <laughs> bad week for uh, he's is a ger- fucking idiot. journal-o uh, douchebags yeah. with fedoras, because not <laughs> yeah. only this Greg Palast, he, great timing. His new Rolling Stone thing is like, they're about to steal the election again. It's like, oh, right, you're doing that right when trump's doing it so yeah. you just want to no, hold up the mirror he's
2: done that for he's done that for the every election the
0: 2004 yeah uh, he and a lot of people robert f kennedy i think uh, yeah,
2: another crackpot uh, yeah.
0: total fucking uh, crackpot uh wrote Chavista, a, a, a huge uh, a rolling stone or vanity fair piece about how uh, you stole... know this they stole this election mm-hmm. hugh hewitt uh one of uh, again a guy who i i like and he's been just one of the worst people in this uh, election uh, uh all over the map um and he wrote a book. Uh, said if it's if it's not close, they can't cheat.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. No, uh, these are. It's really interesting because I remember the the Kennedy one, um, and there was a big conspiracy. The conspiracies in two thousand are understandable, um, and they're not so much conspiracies. It's like look. The court may have taken it, blah, blah, blah. We don't like the process, the hanging chads, you yeah, know, people, the people discovering that we had an electoral college.
0: Roger if, Stone. If I you know. don't know, know. that there is an know. electoral
1: college, you shouldn't be voting. In fact, I I suspect that most people probably shouldn't be voting.
0: Here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. You
1: I- probably shouldn't be driving,
0: here let here alone comes. voting. <laughs> Camille 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this
2: message paid for by Camille 2020.
0: <laughs> Never flight coach. You probably shouldn't vote. Stay,
1: stay home,
2: America. But this is the same thing I think, I think we talked about. it. This, pretty good. I think we talked about it this summer was all the people, all the Bernie supporters bitching in the New York primary. Yeah. And they were like, oh my God, I can't. I'm not registered. I was supposed to register six months ago. I just... Figured out about Bernie and the future. This is no. voter suppression. And it's like, yeah, it's no, voter suppression. Rules. It's like called rules <laughs> and the rules might suck, but I know about them. I know the rules that suck and I have to like abide by them. But this is the same thing of like the electoral college one after 2000. Do you remember all those people writing those tub thumping books about like, you know, you know, we have to change the system. And it's like and then it was like 2004 and then there were the kooks that were, were saying that the election was stolen, was the Robert Kennedys and the yeah. Greg Palasts, which uh, he wears a fedora because that's what newsmen
0: wear, right? The, well, the, other, the other fedora yeah. thing before I forget is uh, was a Glenn Thrush, uh, who was one of the guys who came out in the WikiLeaks uh, emails, Today, yeah. just groveling in front of John Podesta. Is like, oh, I guess
2: I'll be, I guess I sound like a hack. I guess I am <laughs> a hack. It's like, yeah. And, he, and Glenn Thrush is also a guy who's like really gruff with other people and reporters so i've the way heard. the
0: way you said people there made it seem like you meant ladies
2: uh no 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 that's okay. not what i'm saying at all uh a report like he's a bit of a like he's a hard nose like tough guy kind of reporter and i think he wears a fedora he does and then he's like tap dancing um but you know like these leaks is, has anything in these leaks like really surprised or offended you well there are no surprises there
0: yeah not, not really that just means you haven't really looked right? them.
1: I mean, that that could be part of it as well. But no, I, I think mean, we would, I think we would all like actually know if there was something really, yeah, really so. surprising and astonishing there. It just I isn't this all wraps surprising. up together? I, mean, I, I did in... go use the WikiLeaks uh, search thing. Okay, and, I mean, the only more thing than I, did I did was was look for 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 the word nigger. Yeah. <laughs> did you just to see <laughs> if anyone was using it? Anything? Yeah, there's there's a couple of hits. Really? Yeah. Who 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 who's I mean, just Young Thug lyrics? Oh really? No, I'm, I'm kidding. What was it? Was there <laughs> no? No, it was um, what was the, the John Lewis uh, thing where they're walking, um, they're right. walking up to the Capitol building, and someone someone hurls the N word. The N word at him. Yeah, um, he said that reported, multiple people reportedly did. It, was,
2: it never happened. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: was it was it Glenn Beck who challenged him? No, to it was Andrew
2: Breitbart. Produce the, produce the, and, oh, Andrew he Breitbart has, said, "I will Andrew, pay you ten thousand dollars."
0: Everybody was was uh, was out there with their phone cams. I will pay ten thousand dollars for yeah, any yeah. evidence that this happened. Never materialized, and it never materialized. And in this case, as much as Andrew Breitbart, who's a friend, uh, is a bit of. Uh, Clown show on his own, uh, depending on the day of the week. I believe him more than I believe Joel, John Lewis about that story. Sure, uh, yeah, I,
2: I wrote about this, I think, for a reason back then, and and I got a lot of shit for it because I said that there's no way in that sea of cameras, and it was, um, it was uh, Emmanuel Cleaver was there, uh, who I think was a former mayor of Kansas City, and then a misery. Uh, politician his uh, congressman said the same thing said some variation he he, someone spat on him yeah and uh and and it was just like there was that main the tea party mania yes where you had a racist tea party that was going to destroy america it is it is astonishing i mean we there were racists in the tea party but you had enough photos that you could post with your story on on the internet to, to then to paint this very, very broad picture uh-huh. of what the Tea Party was. And it was just like stock photos, like, you know, the, the bone in the nose kind yeah. of pictures of Obama and this kind of like offensive stuff there. But, you know, I went to a bunch of those rallies. I just thought the people were dopey. I had a lot, I've met a lot of dopey people that were like talking about communism and how communism was coming to the U.S. and blah, blah, blah. Joe,
0: Joe McCarthy was right.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a video bit, yeah, right? that was great. Did we ever use that? We did. I uh, I don't know uh, if it actually made the final cut of that, but there was the Joe and I challenged the guy and I said, Was he right about I Eisenhower? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was, you know, he accused Eisenhower of being a communist and he was like, What? It was something I was like, you know, they're just dopey. They're they, they didn't even know what they're talking about. So This
0: all comes back to James O'Keefe. I think we can all agree. Oh, this is back. this is the greatest like circular firing squad of a of a a fifth column that we've had. Just going everywhere. <laughs> so, but I- no, but that's but I think that it it, it actually captures the insanity of the last three, four weeks of, of a campaign because everyone is throwing whatever that they have against yes. the wall. Yes. And if you, as a, especially as a political journalist, do not stop what you're doing and go – and take your microscope against the turd splat on the wall and see whether or not every little bit of it is true or not true or, or whatever. Then that just proves that you are in the tank for X or against the tank for somebody else. I I, I waded into the Reason comments and I actually like the Reason comments, which makes me crazy. I, mm-hmm. I do too. Um, yeah, I read them. Well, that's because they love you. My God, they well, do. Jesus, it's unseemly. Difficult um, not.
1: I'm a difficult man not to love. That's true.
0: Camille, 2020. <laughs> difficult man not to <laughs> uh And everyone was pissed off that we were not covering James O'Keefe's, they see, see, you're just in a tank for Hillary. Like Long time reason readers. And it's like James O'Keefe is a classic case and you'd mentioned this before, yeah. of, uh, like the, what, the, what we're talking about, the WikiLeaks, you know, people who blow up something like this is going to be the big one Yeah, and you go and it's him like kind of trying to pull the wool over the eyes of some stupid college students at Columbia over something that could be possibly misinterpreted. You're just like, dude, I I've lost 25 minutes of my life yeah. chasing down see, your rabbit. See hole. the
2: thing is is that, you know, people say this about um, liberal journalists who fuck up and we say, well why do we still listen to X or why? Why is Mike Barnacle still on Morning Joe when he got caught plagiarizing, et cetera? James O'Keefe, if we want if if the the right wing media and the left wing media, the ideological media is want to be taken seriously, which they claim to, to, to want, they are investigative journalists etc., cetera, just for their side, but they're in, then the rules have to apply to them too. And the rules for James O'Keefe is somebody who has so little credibility and who has screwed things up so badly. For instance, I think I can't remember it was the NPR sting that uh, I, I believe was blown up by the Daily Caller. I think it was the Daily Call. There's a conservative outlet that was like, this is ridiculous. And this is hacked up in the, this totally crazy way. And yeah, some of it's bad, but, but, uh, you know, the way they're presenting it, like if you present information like that, you know, why should I pay attention to you? And it's not just like, oh, the liberal elites are, are, are attacking James O'Keefe because they don't want to know the truth, uh, you know, as the stuff came out about those initial tapes, what was it? The pimp kind right. of thing, you know? And it complicated things quite a bit. And like, if you're those, doing- Those were the, the acorn tapes? The acorn yeah. tapes, yeah. yeah. He, he, he brought down acorn. Up, yeah, dressed up like a pimp. And, and
0: acorn, of away, course, was prostitute. the target yeah. of all conservative conspiracy theories about rigged yeah. elections. Yeah. 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 yeah,
2: they were. And, and I, we got rid of them. Yeah, it got rid of them, and that was effective. And that seemed to be the most- They were dishonest in a lot of ways, but they seemed to be the most kind of honest ones. But that, that I mean, of course, because the media turned on him, and like Jon Stewart was like, first did stories like in support of that and then ripped on like why the media didn't look closer at what happened with those acorn tapes. But you know, I mean, why is it like Tucker Carlson got up on stage at CPAC before Daily Caller? Do you remember that? Yep. And he said, don't make fun of the New York times, right wingers try to be the New York times. And that's what the Daily Caller is going to be.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, didn't didn't work out there. T- I, I like Tucker tux. as a as a person. Um I and, don't li- yeah. And know, a terrific journalist and uh yeah, and the, yeah. day the Caller has not I think I mentioned this on the show but you know
2: that that was like you know the right you know in that when I talked to Glenn Beck a couple of weeks ago and that was the one you, you never know what he believes and what he means and he's just trying to you know do stuff for his show like he's trying to he's kind of faking his apology. I had no idea. But the one thing I did actually Believe him when he said. When he said the the right wing and the left wing media's are essentially no different. There's not. I mean, the the idea that you're going to get we're getting biased information, but it's 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 just you know given to you raw has turned out not to be true. And all of this kind of uh, O'Keefe stuff, and all the fake O'Keefe's and the knockoff O'Keefe's, all this fake investigative stuff just muddies the waters. And 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 it's not that people don't pay attention because it's ideologically you know
0: they're not aligned with it it's just it's bad journalism and it's also for me it's 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 hard to i i know that i'm in for a a long days night trying to sort it all out yeah, yeah. there's there's a few places that you or a few people more than places anymore that okay, I trust content from this person. Yeah, and so I don't. I mean, if Virginia Postrel writes something, I I know even sure. if, right. I there's, there's with, if I disagree with if I disagree with the conclusion, which I occasionally do with Virginia, but not often. But she's going to show the math all the way. Sure. I, I she will do enough reporting to allow me to come to a different conclusion if that's the case. That's right. And so it's a lot less work to go into this. And when you have three weeks left, I mean, essentially for political reporters right now. It's like a three-week version of the hell of uh, political conventions. The hell of covering of political convention is that you've got – Whatever it is, ninety-six hours, and that's it. That is the length of time that people care about this. And so, every minute you need to spend wisely, and you're always haunted by the one uh, of the men, of the five different things that you should be doing that you're not. Because if you're doing a, if you're just reporting, that means you're not writing. And if you're not writing, then you're not going out and seeing this speech. And so, this you get into your head. We are in that phase right now um, with the political campaign, and to have some complicated turd on the wall, and then be expected to sit there and completely unravel. It, to go through all of the WikiLeaks things, you gotta mm-hmm. like, uh, you gotta divide up the labor and figure out what you can uh, add value to, and also what you can rationally say. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have it. I don't have the the twenty four hour period it's going to take to sort through this shit right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, if this election has proved anything, is that the stuff that we need to exercise people are like Bill Clinton's like kid. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like no, this it's, is Bill, right. it's Bill Clinton. It's not Bill. If it was Hillary Clinton, sex scandal, Donald Trump, grab him in the pussy, all this stuff, that's what people respond it to. Works. Because Hillary Clinton's emails, there's like pretty troubling stuff of like how that, when you see how that unfolded, and how she lied, and James, what James Comey said, and how the FBI actually treated it in a political way, et cetera. If you, I mean, it's like we're going back to the Rose Law Firm records, you know, and Web Hubble. And these, uh, you know, whitewater land deals, etc. This stuff was there. stuff there. It was too complicated to figure out. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at the end of the day. I mean, what they want is grab him in the pussy. That is visceral. And that had a real effect on Donald Trump's electoral possibilities. They what what they want. I, I just think it's it's interesting when you say it's
1: what they want. Yeah. The they sounds like... What did I say? What be, context did I say? Uh, no, I <laughs> just no. now. It's, it's, You're saying it's that the grab consumer... them in the pussy is what they want. Oh, it's what consumers a... is, respond yeah. to. Yeah, and, and yeah. The, the, yeah, the way yeah. this usually works, and, and John Stewart, um, I mean, he is well-known for going on these tirades uh, while he was uh, in, in his prime at The Daily Show uh, doing his thing before Trevor Noah showed up and apparently ruined it. I don't know. I've never seen it. It's um, Racist. But uh, <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. Come on. Um, but uh, it's, it's the media. The media is corrupting everything. I mean, The Daily Caller is serving up what people are interested sure. in reading to the yeah. extent it's able to. And there are a couple of publications that are able to do um, sort of quality, thoughtful, in-depth reporting, and somehow or another, like yeah. make they're not
0: doing it. I, I mean, uh, but in
1: but in other cases, I mean, there there is a huge audience that is interested in clickbait, that is sure. interested in those things at the end of the article, uh, that are not actually linking to a story here at the paper, um, but are linking to something about Kim Kardashian's most recent uh, enhancement to her person? Yeah, I mean... Which it's I'm a, not criticizing at no, all. No, she looks and amazing. Some of those things are interesting.
2: But but the diff, the difference now in to the old fogey response to this is nobody pretended to care about politics in the 1980s because there would be very few situations with in which you would have to display or pretend to display a knowledge or caring about it if you went to a dinner party amongst friends. Now you're constantly, constantly on stage politically.
0: That's so, interesting.
2: So you go hmm. to Facebook... And you have to post something. Uh, and this is my favorite one. Everybody listening, everyone in this room knows this one. <laughs> I've heard, seen this so many times. I don't usually use Facebook to write about politics. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen this yeah. one? Yeah. I get like, I've got like nine of these from high school friends. from all over, And it's like, but this has just gone on, you know, Way too long, yeah, and it's not a joke anymore, yeah. And they go on, and it, they clearly know nothing about politics. They know <laughs> nothing about the campaign. They know nothing about either candidate. They, you know, but it's this moral posturing that you know we've become a much more political people because of the necessity to fake it. And we didn't have to fake it in the past. So I see this all the time of these people posturing online. And, like, that's why it was, like, Breitbart-type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, you know, you see your, like, uncle who who posts the crazy conservative stuff. Yeah. And, like, your, like, you know, liberal, f- your friend's, like, younger brother or something who's in college. And your friends with them visit, and they post all this lefty stuff about Monsanto. And, like, the level of knowledge is so low But I don't think we've gotten dumber in any way, of course. I just think that there are more people involved in the political process in that weird way, if you could even call it that. Sure. But they're saying, you know, you got to go vote. And this is this. this That's it. And then you ask them one thing and they're like, what do you? They don't nothing. And this might have happened around election time in 1984 when, you know, all the Bien-Pensant liberal friends would say, get out there and stop Reagan. But then it would just disappear. It's non Stop. How does this Gabby Giffords shit? Remember that? Yeah. It was like Sarah Palin's responsible for it. And it turns out Jared ha was like, you know, into numerology sure. and mentally yeah. ill. Yeah, yeah, We had a day, a week, two weeks on this, the rhetoric, the rhetoric. And that was being spread by all my friends on Facebook and on social media. They're like, you know, Gabby Gifford, this is a bridge too far. And like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Stop doing stuff. It's so annoying.
0: There's a... Uh, um- I forget whether it was our friend uh, Charlie Cook or Mark Hemingway or Molly Hemingway or all of the above, um, or maybe even Sunny uh, d- uh, Goddamn Bunch, Bunch um, who's just a, a, a terrible, terrible person. Oh um, come on, Sunny, you're being sarcastic, geez. right? No, I mean his, his taste in movies is reprehensible. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, talking about the politicization of everything. Um, yeah. Like, like you can't just not talk about politics you can't not bring it in to every arena uh, in which it is most decidedly unwelcome um and uh and there's a truth to that and i think it's it's uh destroyed uh in the actual meaning of the word destroyed not the john oliver meaning of the word destroyed it's mm-hmm. destroyed comedy <laughs> mm-hmm. including john oliver sure like the uh the uh, uh roseanne Barr of all human beings had a great tweet this morning or yesterday that I saw, it, and it uh, it was insane. It was its own conspiracy theory about how you know Hillary is going to outlaw all uh, freedom of speech and this kind of stuff. But she talks about the only people left are going to be, uh, and her phrase was collusionary comics. Or collusionary comedians. Wow, mm. that's um, a good phrase, and that's yeah. kind of a good phrase. Yeah. And it's sort of you. I mean, John Oliver had a rant this past weekend about like how just you know uh, terrible and irresponsible it is to vote for third parties. It's like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I saw Nick what,
2: write about that. Yeah, what
0: what are you doing? Yeah. Like you are serving as the enforcer of. The worst single election in our lifetimes, making sure that people get into line. That's not fucking comedy. That's not what Saturday Night Live was doing in 1975 and 1976. Yeah. They were anarchists throwing at stuff, throwing shit at people and stuff. Uh, you were t- we were talking earlier at Camille, and he's squinting because we've gone all over the place. But no, I, I you, like it. This whole thing talk- is uh, cathartic. It's you were good. you were talking about uh, the you know the potential good uh, impacts of. This terrible election because mm-hmm. it kind of um, alienates people, you know, rips the mask off yes, and people it throws get
1: fecal matter all over everything. It, <laughs> and it, Trump is not—he's not innovating. He is—he is taking everything to the extreme.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like uh, bringing the elephant man to Beauty Pageant. Um, and so, <laughs> which I already went through earlier, he, he's already show. re-explained um, that metaphor. But uh, it's uh, no—the the, the defense of of your position, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the context of Watergate, is that we've lived through this one time before, which is in the early to mid '70s, the American political system and the establishment in particular just blew up, Mm -hmm. just laid the world's biggest turd in the form of Vietnam, political violence in the cities, Uh uh, every kind of Robert McNamara-led technocratic disaster, one after the other, and then Richard Nixon, Watergate. And by the end of it, We were totally exhausted and we came up with some pretty goddamn good art and like people went out and alienated themselves and did weird, cool stuff. And that's my favorite era of journalism. That's what got me excited about journalism in the first place. I mean, the the kind of new left journalists at the time, they weren't. The enforcers to make sure that you voted Democrat at the end. They were people saying we need to burn the Democratic Party down.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, like the great the great Warren Hinkle, who died um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was the former publisher of Ramparts and uh, wrote the great memoir of Life Life um, uh, gives you lemons, make lemonade. If you have lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, phenomenal it's, book. It's very funny and weirdly enough, a lefty guy. Uh, someone just sent me a friend just sent me a um, like a kind of long obit piece uh, from another former Ramparts guy, uh, Peter Peter Collier uh, in The New Criterion saying like, you know, and making the exact point that you're making is like, he just didn't care about ideology at the end of the day. He was just like the merry prankster kind of guy and the magazine was a lefty magazine and had those core principles. But, you know, it wasn't it, he didn't, he wasn't married to anything. You know, it's like kind of like when you read The Spectator in the UK and they'll have all sorts of weirdos. It's it's basically a conservative magazine, but they'll have weirdo lefties in there all the time just to make it interesting. And there's so there's there's so little of that left. I mean, there's so much there's so much sort of team sport. Now that I just, I'm sort of bored by it, right? Because there's no outrage anymore. You say all oh, the outrage. And the point that I was going to make is you said, and it's a very good point, in the, in the 60s, 70s, what that does is, you know, people are outraged and you have, you start making good art and you have the, the 80s happen. It's always w- what I... Realize about Sweden, by the way, when everyone's sort of comfortable, just comfortable. There's no danger, no nothing. It doesn't produce a lot of great artists or novelists of it. Not a lot has come out of Sweden in the past. And when they do, not good and great, but successful, like Stieg Larsson, these guys, it's when they create a dystopian Sweden. It's Nazis everywhere. and it's. But the actual Sweden, it just it doesn't spur anyone on to everything. But I think the problem now is that outrage that was distilled and bottled in the 60s and 70s. Now it's everything. Everybody's outraged all the time. How can you create? Nobody can stop to be actually outraged by something long enough to kind of transform that into great art or great music or great something. And it's so pro forma too. It's, it's oh, yeah. I don't think people are actually. It's, it's
0: very hashtag outrage yeah. more than than this has changed my life in a disillusioning way. I mean, no. I think
2: Trump and a Trump election. Uh, if Trump was elected president, that would maybe be different. Oh yeah. That'd be different, but
0: otherwise, you know, and it might actually
2: show the stupidity of getting, uh, of being outraged by. I mean, I just saw the the the, the Indians uh, thing. The, the the did you see that the Toronto Blue Jays thing? No, what happened? And then Toronto Blue uh, the I think there was a court case. You have your c- computer open. You look at this court. The court ruled uh, something about the Indians playing in Toronto for the playoffs can't call uh, the Cleveland Indians the Indians on. Television or the radio, and they're, they're, they're <laughs> referring.
0: against international, uh, like. Uh, yeah, look it up. You have to look it up. To
2: and I think they're calling it uh, the Cleveland team. <laughs> i mean that should do like you know, know is this a true story i think i read this somewhere i might have been a fever dream of mine and yeah, it seems it about right wars. um y- you know uh, <laughs> the cleveland team <laughs> court written...
0: dismisses attempted ban of cleveland indians from using their name i dismissed, and logo. It. dismissed okay. it but yeah. the, okay
1: so but but the, it but it was in fact trying the ban
2: it, it, yes, yes. Uh, and there's also the apparently the um Whatever the broadcaster, the, the Blue Jays broadcaster is there. Probably look, in Martinez. Roger Rodger, Cable. Ernie Appar- Witt. Apparently they don't, uh, I have to look this up, they don't use the word Indians in during the game ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've, well, look, I mean, the courts aren't involved
1: in this particular case. You were, in fact, spinning lies. No, I um, wasn't. On the pocket. I kid, I kid. You made a mistake. It's fine. You, no, you, I didn't. We all make errors. Well, no, you said that the court had, in fact, decided this in, in the affirmative, in favor. Oh, because I heard about this. But it's I, okay.
2: Um I heard about this a few days ago and it was when the court was weighing the ban um an Ontario judge and yeah. Chief Wahoo Yeah Chief Wahoo well, what is interesting I mean, is pretty pretty when weird. those those Chief, outrages Chief those outrages <laughs>
1: keep coming back um, but and they've I, and they've I, done I was... all of this polling on on these on these various issues, specifically with uh, the Washington football team. And I don't say their name. I, I don't say their name because I hate them because oh, I have only contempt familiar, for the Washington uh, the
2: Washington football team. Why doesn't um, everyone say well, you never call a team the New York New York Jews? That, it's literally every argument I've ever yeah. heard people say. That. Maybe they should. Is there like is that a thing? It, well, it was in the old Negro the, leagues. There the, was
0: like four different teams called the Cubans, including ones that didn't have Cubans. Well, the 70s, Cuban X Giants, the precursor
1: yeah. to the 76 sixers, was the
0: uh, the Hebrews.
1: Is it right? Yeah, and and Jews. I mean the the Jewish people. I, I don't want to say Jews. Um, I mean they were dominant in sports for a good long while, including basketball. Uh, the descriptions of the fleet footed Jew, Jewish athlete. Um, who was uh, sprightly, darting about the court, punishing people in the boxing arena, fast twitch muscle, totally a thing. Oh God, yeah.
2: John Entine here, just 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 uh, dominating. Do you, you remember him? I do. He wrote the book Taboo. Those yeah. those were the. It was days. about that. That's how it starts. It? Yeah, it was about it yeah, how yeah.
0: Uh, Jews dominated basketball. Who said that?
2: Um, we
1: were supposed to do any number of other things, this is, uh, but but we this what happens in one. But hand instead, shows a plate. but instead, I mean, we just sort of descended into this uh, this this odd pit and, and i i say descend but it's it's good i think it's a good purge um there's there's something there's something nice this is uh this is the very best of uh, of media sedition this is, is what s- we promised in the tagline
0: is it a metaphor of this election I, I think
1: i think it is matt i think it is i don't really know what it all means but i will say that it, it'll be fine um there are some some other things i, I don't know if we want to take two and a half minutes to discuss it but but the uh this week Ah, uh, the United States government is working with the Kurds uh, ah, to yes. to re re liberate Mosul, an Iraqi city that was uh, yeah. first liberated from the Saddamists, yeah, and then it was liberated again from uh, tribal loyalists to Al Qaeda, and now it is being re re liberated uh, from uh, ISIS. Yeah. Uh, who has been controlling the region for some time um and uh, the the talk at this point is that this uh, this attempt to re-reliberate Mosul uh may take as many as 2 months uh, the real question is how long will it last this is uh this is uh groundhog day um it is kind yeah. of terrible and awful um it is interesting that you can have something that is sort of so absurd um happening right now just this cyclical thing continuing um, and I, there's just been very little conversation about it and I would be pretty surprised if it actually came up for example at the debate tomorrow um, yeah but mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like it ought to it seems like
0: this is a thing that we should be talking about. well the about. thing is they'll both agree on it I mean, as much as Donald Trump, uh, you know, tries to differentiate himself from Hillary Clinton's disastrous judgment in the Middle East, he wants a war with as many as thirty thousand troops against ISIS. Yeah, and so I think he even tweeted out something like, you know, "Good, let's go out and and and, and kick their asses," type of thing. Yeah, so- Mosul's
2: Mosul's the the initial assault is thirty five thousand troops. Um, Iraqi troops, uh, Kurdish troops, first time the Iraqis and the Kurds have actually fought together and upwards of 100,000 over the whole operation, including, you know, American troops, uh, people doing other things in other countries to support it. Uh, So it's a big operation. I mean, keep in mind that there were 120,000, 150,000 anywhere in that region uh, troops in D-Day. And this is 35,000 troops, the initial assault. And we have 100,000 waiting in the wings. And, you know, it's it's it actually is bad for Donald Trump when he says, you know, we're doing nothing to defeat ISIS and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd work with the Russians. You know, no no one's doing this right. If you if you choose me, it will be done right. You know, the Islamic State doesn't control a lot of territory anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, you know, Mosul used to be Iraq's second biggest city It's now Iraq's third biggest city. But it's, you know, it's the jewel in the crown you know, Raqqa is nothing compared to this, and they're going to lose it. They're not going to keep it. I mean, if you if you seal them off as, because um, there's oil pipelines and things there, if you seal them off, it's pretty easy to starve them out. And it's also pretty easy to bomb them into oblivion, but you don't want to kill civilians. You don't want to ruin the entire city, as happened recently in Fallujah, which was liberated from ISIS and destroyed at the same time. And there's nothing left of Fallujah, more or less. So you can win this, but it's, of course, the win and hold problem the American army had um during during Iraq i mean america loses wars yeah it does lose wars it lost the war in Iraq and it there's a humanity in it that allows us to lose wars because if we uh, acted like the iraqi government in fallujah we just bomb the place into smithereens right. or or the assad regime when they're when they're retaking um places and they're creating uh, you know 100,000 refugees in Aleppo the problem is is of course we don't we just can't have this uh, once uh, who knows what will happen after isis is 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 pushed out but it doesn't kill the ideology the people go somewhere it's right. like punching the feather pillow where does it appear next does it appear in europe next to the people that are fighting you know as you know um sort of europeans fighting as like the foreign fighter brigades do they go back after all these places are sealed up if they're sealed up probably because they have european passports And there's still these refugee problems. And do they get into the refugee population? Sure. The problem is that these people aren't going away. They're just going somewhere else. So the only thing you really can do is kill them. And that's what the Iraqi army right now is trying to do with why there's such a, you know, really strong push into Mosul. I mean, really, really, really big, big push. And they're going to take it. But at what
1: cost? There are, in fact, U.S. troops in in harm's way.
2: There are, I I believe, something
1: around like – five thousand us Total, uh, yeah. servicemen servicemen yeah. women that are in yeah. the region that are advising and, and helping to to try to raise and most a lot of stuff in the air too. um and and oddly I mean we are still talking about just a patchwork of Islamic <laughs> state right. fighters that are there something something around like two or three thousand maybe um that are sort of lurking about that may very well just sort of dart out of the city uh, start trouble elsewhere and then come back later Possibly, um huh? but yeah it's uh it's a little it's, dicey. Yes, yeah, depressing. It's not, little, there's nothing little to, dicey.
2: nothing to to be um, happy about.
1: So I I that I don't know why I went there. That's not a silver lining. Matt, do you have a silver lining? Perhaps uh, some some idiot wrote something Yeah, I had to something, talk about. Didn't you?
0: I wanna to throw a a little a little feces in the direction of Penn America. Um
1: lovingly. Who uh
0: it's a great free speech organization. They gave an award to Charlie Hebdo, which I was really happy with. Uh, that was only protested by about 200 of its members, which uh, is despicable uh, to this day. It uh, makes me shake with rage if I had enough energy. Uh, anyways, Penn America did this big report uh, that the New York Times reported on today um, that uh, is about the uh, college free speech controversies. And they uh, it's called And Campus for All, Diversity, Inclusion, and Freedom of Speech at yeah. U.S. Universities because they're trying to bridge the gap. Uh, Michael, about all the microaggressions and this kind of stuff, uh, where we, although they find troubling incidents of speech, uh, who signs this? This is Pan America.
2: But was it as Solomon, Andrew Solomon?
0: Uh, Oh, oh, sorry. What? Isn't uh, that
2: the guy? The guy that runs Pen America? Now I don't know who's who's responsible for
0: it. Is there a byline or a I don't. Signature? I haven't uh, read through the report uh, itself. I'm reading through the New York Times. But no, it's a big. It's a big like a document. And apparently, they investigate the Yale uh, speech case. They investigate Northwestern Title IX thing. All the stuff that we've written about a mm-hmm, lot at Reason mm-hmm. and and uh, and this kind of stuff. Um, they uh, the best part about it is that um, they're trying to thread the needle. Um, Because they don't want uh, uh, this uh, solely to be um, uh, the case of um, uh, a doctrinaire free speech or bust position Ah, because they don't want to turn off a generation, a new generation towards freedom of speech. So they're trying to say, look, no, we totally get – your microaggressions, and your safe spaces. And we're not going to be... PEN America is not going to be a, uh, a a doctrinaire free speech or bust organization. It's like, why the fuck are you even alive if you are not a doctrinaire free speech or bust organization? That's actually the point. Because of
2: its members. there's a problem. The, the, the problem with PEN is, you know, I guess it was Bill Friedman that used to say the problem with capitalism was capitalist. The problem with PEN is... Pen members, and they are always trying to do. this. all the people that that jumped in the Charlie Hebdo thing. There are a couple of people up top, one of whom is a friend of mine, and I think is an absolute hero for for doing this, and who I saw on Friday, and we discussed this at a uh, dinner at which I had dinner with uh, him and a few other people, and Amanda Knox, by the way. The foxy noxy, um, but long story. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there they're, and I have talked to some of these people and they say this, like, you know, the problem with all of this stuff and why we are always trying to do on the one side, on the other side and this false equivalence is because so many of our members are writers and so many of our writers are these types of people. And so many of them also teach classes in the English department at Barnard or whatever. And they are the ones that, you know, sp- especially publicly would never go against this stuff. It'd be criminal. I mean, if you're on if you're on a college campus and you're a novelist and you say, I think, look at what happened to Lionel Shriver. This is so fucking crazy. I'm sorry. Lionel Shriver, who uh, who is a writer who wrote the, the very good novel. Um, we need to talk about Kevin, which became a film. Shriver is amazing. And she's a novelist. She lives in New York City, had uh, lived in Britain for a number of years. She gave a, a talk at an Australian festival about cultural appropriation and said, I, I can't, don't tell me I can't write a black character as a mm-hmm. novelist because once you do that, you explode the entire reason to be a novelist and inhabit the lives the you know, the, uh, of others. I mean, you, you know, you have, you can't have somebody not, you know, saying you have to have lived in the 17th century to write about a 17th century character. You have to be a woman to write about a female. So she did this speech the next day, the guardian attacked her, a woman, uh, uh, Afro-Australian woman walked out of the speech. the 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 literary festival said that they took. I think they took the speech off their website and apologized for it. The most banal thing in the world. Lionel Shriver, not a political person. Wrote something in the New york Times read it it's great, but of course, the Times actually published somebody responding to her because you can't have these yeah. you can't have these things in isolation in which she said this whole idea of cultural appropriation is idiotic, yeah, and she makes a really funny and cogent and smart case. But you don't want to be the next Lionel Shriver if you're on a campus anywhere and you're always about to be and you're always about to be cast out as the like reactionary speech is not a popular position. So it doesn't surprise me about punk.
1: I do keep waiting for for all of this stuff uh, to just kind of jump the shark a, a little bit. I mean, the the Yale dust up, if, if I remember correctly, was the one where we were talking about, oh, Halloween is approaching, actually um, the uh, the inflammatory Halloween costumes uh, and the email that was politely sent from the professor that suggested, Hey, look, you know, someone wears a costume you don't like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to to look at it. Stay away from it. Um,
2: And Camille, can you recount what happened to that professor, the mob that surrounded them?
1: uh, Did you watch that video? I did. I did watch that video. That video has this wonderful uh, moment where a young woman is screaming at her college professor, um, as, as she explains, you talk to us about how racism and discrimination, how when you when you experience it, it, it actually impacts you. It it hurts you that it has adverse health effects. She was talking about epigenetics, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is not like uh, sort of weird metachlorians that uh, attack your body um, or leave your body, perhaps, uh, when you uh, are subjected to racial discrimination. But the possibility that living in hostile circumstances will actually can Can have some sort of effect on your genetic material, your genetic makeup mm-hmm. that will have hereditary uh, consequences, therefore, like an entire group of people who are subjected to let 's say discrimination um, may in fact uh, have some sort of adverse health effects passed down uh, the line this is This is sort of the bleeding edge of uh, of science. it is not very well understood, and my explanation is almost certainly. Inadequate. What I do find kind of interesting about it is one of the things that also outraged her was that he did not remember her name Mm. at the moment that they were having this intense exchange on campus. And he says to her um, (laughs) in sort of a moment of lucidness, because before that he had been trying to to actually have a conversation with 500 screaming children that had surrounded him in a courtyard. (laughs) Um, But he says to her, if you want to take the fact that I have forgot your name. And I have like a thousand students, but I forgot your name as a personal insult. You are welcome to do that. But I mean, that would be a mistake because it isn't. Um, So, yeah, safe spaces, um, outrage over uh, over costumes that are deemed offensive. Hey, can I show you a headline Shut the crap up.
2: Is that a real headline for The Washington Post? Can you read that? Is your dog Halloween
1: costume? sexist <laughs> the answer the answer is always no yes it's always awesome.
2: yes <laughs> can I tweet that it, out and just say yes i can't <laughs> tell if that's parody it's in the business uh, section of the washington post yeah
0: it, i think the answer is it better does it be. say post
2: yeah. does it say post everything about oh that's that? my favorite it's always like yeah. it's always the, they're always so accurate about those like yeah love post they, everything and comment is free at the yeah. guardian yeah it sure is <laughs> and cheap yeah
0: the, uh, the, la- <laughs> the last bit from the uh the new york times gloss on this uh pen thing um there's a phrase in here uh the perception among many progressive students and faculty that the campaigns to protect free speech rights have been put in service of a right wing agenda. Exactly, oh
2: exactly. This is this. I, I read a, a good piece uh, from Prospect, a liberal um, magazine in the UK, for, uh, by a guy named uh, what's his name, Yaron Goron Goshenberg, uh and he's a lefty Israeli academic, and he was like, "Why are all these lefties uh, in in the UK in bed with Putin?" It's like crazy. And he's like, you know, kind of saying, you know, guys like a right wing nationalist, religious fundamentalist. And why are you on both of them? And of course, the answer is pretty simple, is that you're going to be on the other side just because you don't want to be on the right wing neocon, whatever, American hawkish side. And that's exactly what happens with all this stuff. Is that free speech it will be sacrificed at never appearing to be in bed with your political enemies on any issue. And that's what happens all the time. You're like, and oh, there free was, speech, that's a code word for
0: right wing There was someone, because I tweeted this out earlier today, and someone made the good point of like, this is the problem with politicizing everything. Yeah. Is that when you politicize free speech stuff, mm-hmm. then all you have to do is have the wrong people on the other side of it. And suddenly half the country's against free speech. And the first and that's time, that's
2: terrible. Yeah. And the first time you really see this is in the Salman Rushdie affair. When you had um, people on the right attacking him and saying he deserved it because he attacked religions before a lot of people on the right became scared of Muslims because Salman had written a book, um, you know, like a pro-Sandinista book, and he's a lefty guy. And then there are people on the left that were the early adopters of seeing uh, Muslims as an aggrieved um, racial and, a- and ethnic mi- minority, and not a religious minority in the places that, that Salman's talking about, like Pakistan and stuff. But... That was the big separation right there. There were two sides of that um, that were choosing um, uh, wh- how they viewed uh, the satanic verses and the reaction in the fatwa, based on their own politics or the writer's politics himself. And to get another point um, in the um, in the book's Week, this is all um, brilliantly done in a in a book from about five years ago called From Fatwa to Jihad which is a history of the Satanic Versus Affair and its ripple hmm. out through the um, universe. Their author is really terrific, too. That, that was a twofer. M- because, guys, yeah.
1: because by mentioning the name of the book, you also Named mentioned Satanic the name Verses. of Satanic Versus. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Book. So, Kick, yeah, I'm kicking cool. your ass tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Um, I'm pointing out the way in which you're doing it because it's, uh, <laughs> it's artful. Uh, just yeah. for that, you don't get to do Some Idiot Wrote This. Um, right. We have gone pretty long. Uh, one hand shut up. Late. I don't know what happens next week. We got to record on on Tuesday though. If I'm gonna be here, because I'm I'm supposed to leave for Chile uh, on Tuesday. Whatever happened I mean, on Wednesday? It Chile. Chile. Yeah. 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 That's because that's, that's not what it's called. Chile. Sophisticated people know that.
0: Man, I was gonna. I had like 15 minutes on Hungary. Yeah. I was gonna do tonight. I feel like you robbed me. Dude, are you kidding
1: me? I still want to talk about um, Donald Trump's uh, inner city blues. We haven't been That's able true. to do that yet.
0: Well, we can do a combo. Uh, let's just do it next Tuesday. We'll talk off yeah. air. Yeah, let's just make let's an extra let, one. Let's let Chad go home. Let's make an extra one right now. Let's start again. Uh, I Worth kid. With no, no uh, method.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, this, was, this was fun. This was not what I expected. Uh, I will tell you, as much as we've sort of been in the mud, slogging through it here, pointing out all of the inanity of various things and people and their uh, and their writing and their poor thinking um, i actually feel a lot better good i do cuz i hope that our listeners we have, a, we, have a, we have a lot of listeners a days. lot of really sharp Listeners yeah. as well. I mean, most of
2: the feedback yeah. that I
1: get from people who send me notes about the show, like, have really
2: uh, thoughtful, well considered. Somebody wrote you something on the thing that was uh, on uh, the thing, like a fucking hundred year old. Oh, did man. you see that on the on uh, Facebook, Facebook page? Which was like, "What are you talking? The thing, <laughs> <laughs> Camille, what are you doing? they are complaining." Yeah, there was, and it was like nine thousand words, and, and, I, and it was and cogent and it thoughtful. And, and he is, yeah. uh,
1: he is from Germany. He's a, uh, yeah, a German yeah, yeah, speaker. That's his, right. his name yeah. escapes me at the moment. I could yeah. try to find it, but I won't be able to talk and,
2: and yeah but it was uh, you,
1: can, you can go look, look at that yeah but i did i did respond to his first one i will respond to the to the next as well and and actually he had a, a good uh sort of we had a bit of an exchange about like ideology and pragmatism and the fact that I don't think ideology is a, a bad word or a bad thing. Um, I kind of dig ideology. I think it's useful. Um, but that is another conversation for another day. Well, get on
2: Facebook and uh, yell at Camille. Yeah,
1: get on Facebook and yell at us um, and go to iTunes and give us a good review. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this odd and interesting purging Thanks for that, Michael. <laughs> you
2: know, I was trying to record.
1: And I also hope um, that you uh, are not too uh, saddened by what you what you witness tomorrow during the debates. Don't be. Because shit will be over soon. We'll get back to normal. And before you know it, it'll be 2020. And uh, you know what you have to look forward to then. So for uh, Michael Moynihan, Matt Welch, uh, we're finished. I think that's it.
2: We, we
0: know of new methods of attack. Hard. The fifth column, column, column.